blessed season to everyone. I hope you are uh, enjoying Holy Week and enjoying a great uh, Friday. Uh, it's definitely a great blessing to be here in the world. It's also a great blessing for me to pray Good uh, Friday to Buddha Daniel and the Buddha Elijah. Um, it's a great blessing to have a new priest now. But I also miss having a friend in the name too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what to do. <laughs> well, I'm here for the day. So, uh, and so I decided to do one uh, right side. <laughs> Um, our Orthodox understanding of salvation um, is not a process. Not a process. The question of how can one be saved? The question that sometimes, you know, for us orthodoxy, try to wrap our head around it, but it, but it, it becomes a little bit difficult to express. And salvation can be explained in many ways in orthodoxy. Uh, in fact, the Church Fathers speak of it's almost difficult to articulate exactly how salvation is. And so some of them offered what we call a model of salvation, which means a way to explain salvation. So one of the ways, and we're going to speak of five ways. One of the ways look into salvation is that when we say Christ is a teacher and he is a teacher and you can clearly see and clearly see him as a teacher he goes up on the mountain he sits on the mountain and he speaks and, and he gives instructions he gives in the law he gives in the commandments and and he comes to uh, uh, not abolish but perfect and, and so he's clearly He's a teacher to enlighten us and take us back to the light of the Father and to guide us to the Father. So in a way, that's one of the models. Another model that we explain salvation with is Christ is the Lamb. What does that mean? Christ is a sacrifice. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is what St. John uh, uh, the Baptist said. And, and he comes and says, you know, I have come to lay my life, and I lay my life on my own, by my own will. I, I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to raise it up. No one takes it from me. I lay it down myself. Christ is the, is the Lamb of God. It's another model of salvation. A third model of salvation is Christ being the ransom. Um, for the Son of Man came not to be served, but to, to 
sort of and to be a ransom. And to be a ransom. On behalf of all. In fact, when you listen to the liturgy, what do we say? I actually started, if you pay attention between the old liturgy books and the new liturgy books, which we don't use, we use the old liturgy books. I started actually to follow what the new liturgy book says. It says, and as a ransom on our behalf, he gave himself up. In the old liturgy book, he used to say, and he gave himself up on our behalf. And then there's this accurate, more accurate translation, accurate addition to say, as a ransom on our behalf. There's this ransoming process. He is he himself is a ransom on our behalf. So, so we said Christ the teacher, Christ the lamb, Christ the ransom, and then Christ the victor, who is victorious over death. Very good. Death and Satan. And he clearly articulated this. He says, I am the way, the truth, and life. And I am the resurrection and, and life. And then there is the fifth one, which speaks of his participation of our nature. That's Christ the healer. Christ the healer. Christ who comes to do what? To heal humanity. Humanity is sick. Humanity is corrupt. And so he comes and he takes humanity and he heals humanity in him. You follow me? You have the five models? And as I told you, this is not all-inclusive. There are many, many more models. You can express, express what Christ had done in many other ways. But those are the five that may be most common. There are other models that you know we, we talk about. Like, like for example, where do you find Christ the high priest in those models? Because Christ has this function of a high priest. Where do you find that? In which model? Is it on its own? Or is it under the Lamb of God? He is the high priest and he is the Lamb? Is it you know? So you, so you get the point, right? But the point that I'm trying to make is that to understand salvation is very broad. In fact, we do not say the only crucifixion is salvation. But what do we say? I mean, if you consider Christ the teacher part of salvation, if you consider Christ the healer part of salvation, if you consider Christ uh, the high priest part of salvation, then you can not only look at the cross and say the cross is the only point of salvation, but what do you look at? You should look into the full life of actually take us to another level. So now salvation is not a process. Salvation is a person. Because if I look at Christ's life from his incarnation to his ascension, then I'm not talking about the process. I'm talking about an individual. Correct? You're following me? And so, so, I cannot come and say the moment of crucifixion is a moment where the world is saved. Absolutely, it's incredibly important. And so is resurrection. 
and so is his teaching, and so are the miracles, and so is his fasting, and so is agony, and so is pain. The fullness of the life of Christ is truly salvation to us. All of this, all of this is done by the grace of God. All of this is done by the grace of God. But within all these models that I expressed, tucked in a very deep personal relationship with every one of them. These models, I don't want you ever to think, or when you read about these models, or when you hear a talk about salvation, I don't want you ever to think that this is impersonal. Even all the models that are spoken about, even the model of Christ the teacher, the model of Christ the healer, the model of Christ the ransom, this is very personal to us. You know why? Because Christ said, there is no greater love for one than him who lays his life on behalf of his friends is beloved. It's a very personal relationship. Is it also congregational? Yes, absolutely. But it's also personal. Like again, like tucked in into these big theological things that sometimes we speak about, it's a very personal relationship. And if we take it out from this personal element, then we lose everything. So I go again, all of this done by the grace of God. But I don't want you to think that grace and freedom of choice are mutually exclusive. They're not at all. They're not. They're, they actually cooperate. If the freedom of choice falls into the boundaries or submits itself to the grace of God, then this is amazing. This is when salvation becomes when my freedom of choice submits itself to the grace of God, this is when salvation comes reality. But I want to go back. Grace is incredible element in our salvation, but grace, what did it do to Paul for him to open his eyes? knocked him off the horse. What did grace do to Paul? That's not what I'm speaking about, but my family is not what I'm speaking about. Just happened the exam to look at. This is how I actually named my kids. You don't know that story, but anyway. I named them after, you know, Paul and Grace, because Paul's book on Grace. Anyway. Uh, where was I? <laughs> I forgot. The horse. <laughs> Thanks. That's, that's all I would remember, the horse. Or Abuna's family. Just nothing about the models of salvation, nothing about all the things that are good. So, anyways. Uh, so, it blinded <clears throat> And it's something sometimes scary. You think that grace, the 
grace of God can blind us in a sense. I mean, it did literally this for Paul. I'm not saying it will blind us spiritually, but, but it did this to him. Even when he prayed, he said, take this thorn from me. He told them, my grace is sufficient. So again, within this very gracious salvation, there is a very personal relationship. And I'm going to take maybe four or five minutes to talk about Christ the friend. Because again, no one would lay his life on behalf of whom the love. There's no greater love than someone to lay, lay down his life on behalf of. Uh, and so if I ask you under which model this falls, is it the Lamb of God or is it the ransom? You tell me it doesn't matter. All the models are in there. Right? If you understand that, then you broaden your understanding of salvation, you don't close it in. Then on top of a price difference. Uh, Sirach says something very beautiful. He says, uh, faithful friend is a strong shelter. Whoever finds him, finds the treasure. And this is exactly Christ. What Sirach is talking about, he's talking about Christ, the friend. He says, this is a faithful friend. There's no more greater faithful friend than the Lord Christ. He says, a faithful friend, if you find him, he is a great shelter, and if you find him, he's a great treasure. What do you do with your friends? If you have if you have truly good best friend, what do you do? This has become something very foreign to our culture now, right? To have a best friend a deep one, to expose your weaknesses and struggles and anger and joy. This is now doesn't happen very often, sadly, because we want to shield ourselves behind something, but, but anyway, what do you do? You expose yourself. You speak of your weakness. You speak of your struggle. You speak of your anger. You speak of your joy. He called the disciples friend. He says, you are my friend. If you obey my command. You know what? There's a parable, by the way, in, in, in the Gospel of Luke chapter 11. It speaks of someone who has a friend who comes at night. Uh, who, who receives a, a friend who comes to him at night and he has nothing to offer. So what does he do? He goes to his other friend. And he knocks on the door and he says, friend, open. I have a visitor who came to me and I have nothing to say before. This is exposing shame. This is exposing poverty. This is exposing need. This is exposing one's weakness. I mean, the friend on that side this parable comes a little bit harsh. He says, you know, I'm, I'm right now sleeping. And at the end, he gets up and, 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 and does it. 
But this is Christ, the true friend. Is it difficult to imagine Christ as a friend? Maybe. But is it impossible? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We would be missing out so much if we don't consider him a true friend. How do you how do you do that? How do you make him a friend? Be intimate. Three words they have been on my mind since the beginning of this holy week. Genuine, faithful, and dedicated. These three words have been stuck in my mind since the beginning of holy week. In fact, I when I taught on, on Monday in the Arabic, I used the word called the mohlus. Those of you who know Arabic do know what's a mohlus. Mokhlis is, is a combination of these three things, genuine, faithful, and dedicated. Enter into this friendship with Christ. You'll find comfort, you'll find joy. You'll find someone who will never deny you. Find a faithful friend. tell me he knows all things. I know. But it's good when you open your heart to him. You know, he knows all things because he's almighty. But it's different when you open your heart and tell him, here is what I have inside. Come dwell in. Come let's be friends. I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to leave without something for you to do. The Bible says there is no, that flesh and blood does not inherit, what? The kingdom. So who does that? Right? If, if flesh and blood does not inherit the kingdom, then who does? A transformed person would inherit the kingdom from him. This is exactly what, what Paul wanted to say. He did not mean, he did not mean that there's no flesh and blood like this, but he meant a transformed person. Is the one who inherits. And I think the transformation could happen in this friendship with Christ. Well, I'll give you something to do. And I have faith that some of you will do. I want you to take once a week. I'm alone at Be quiet. Turn off your phone. We've spoken about this many, many times. But this time I want you to speak to Christ with open heart. When I pray some psalms, pray some psalms. But then sit down and just speak to him. About whatever you have in mind. Struggles, sin, joy, school, problems, work. Dig deep inside you. Dig really deep. Look into the causes of your actions. Look into the causes that the things that cause you to, to do things that you're not happy with. And expose those things. And look deeper. He will help you. Put it out before him. Tell him you laid your life because you're friends. Because of your friends. So I'm your friend. Do this every week. 
And in the beginning, it would be awkward. But do it every week for 20 minutes. Again, you close your door for 20 minutes and do what I'm telling you. You're soon enough. You will be a friend to Christ and Lord of